Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 64, which begins with Max turning down Jesse's invitation, and it ends with Jesse walking out to the beach. So, as we were getting to the end of the minute yesterday, Jesse invited Max down to a little beach down by the trees. She wanted him to come along. And first thing this minute max says he'd love to except he's gotta fix the fan belt or they're never going to be able to leave the farm and i'm wishing him the best of luck i really hope this doesn't come back to bite them in some way in the future i just (laughs) you know we know that max is really good with cars and i'm sure he'll fix it up perfectly and that van will run like gangbusters for the rest of its life i'm so sure of that nothing nothing bad could possibly happen I, my first thought when he was working on the car was, if he had just let the grease rat take a look under the hood, that would have been another like pivot point where everything would have been fine. Mm. Jesse wouldn't have taken the car down to the ice cream shop to get harassed and, you know, all these things put into play. And the car would have been running perfectly for the rest of the movie, yeah. which is also a problem. Although, that's assuming that the grease rat actually got around to working on the car. Well, he seems much more interested in the car than the tire. <laughs> like, if he can get under the hood... He oh. seems like he'd be a happy guy, but just a tire that has holds no interest for him. Yeah, I just, the customer service and skills of the <laughs> grease rat, I'm still like a little put off about it. And the fact that he was I so know. much more concerned with socializing than he was with actually getting the work done. I know. I mean, and I mean, you know, a fan belt, that's not too bad, you know. I, you know, I don't know the first thing, so I really have no opinion on that. Yeah, well, it's it's like a pulley system in the belt. Helps drive the fan, which helps cool down the engine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where if the fa- if the radiator is not working, then the engine's going to overheat. Bad things happen, like you stall out in the middle of the road when uh-huh. you really want to be driving fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but Jesse is okay with him staying behind and working on the car she recognizes that this is an important thing and so she says okay tarzan i'll bring you back some bananas which is a lovely callback to that one scene by the river when max had the rope swing and he did that kind of tarzan yell and swung out into the middle of the river yes right before jesse cheered no one (laughs) yes wasted her cheers on deaf ears yes So Jesse grabs the umbrella, leaning against the table, mm-hmm. which also holds the bucket of sand toys. Yeah, which should Sprague be interested in going to the beach? But Jesse doesn't invite him to the beach. No, I'm sure he probably would. Well, okay, assuming that Sprague could talk, he probably would have given some BS response, like "Sorry, mom, I just I'm really invested in this ball right now. I just I just need to invest my time and energy here because it literally just flew out of my hands and is like six inches away, and I just need to tackle that aspect right now." Yes. <laughs> so Jesse heads out to the woods and beyond, but before she gets too far, yeah. Max calls after her with with the classic, oi. Mm -hmm. I was listening to this, and it doesn't 
sound to me like Mel Gibson yelling oi. Oh, do you think it was ADR someone else who happened to be on hand when they needed it? Kind of sounds like it's just the pitch is almalmost like a little off. Oh. And it just, it's it's close, but no cigar. Just seems a little off. And that's a total behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Yeah, just stuck out to me. Hmm. So he calls out to her. She stops, turns back, and he does the the crazy about you hand sign. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't actually say crazy about you. Yeah. Speaking of callbacks. Yeah. So he's doing it, and the way he's doing it, it's slower, it's more deliberate, it's almost like he's trying to remember what he saw, which kind of tells me that he's not really practiced at it. Do you think that he is doing it solely off of memory of that one time that he saw her do it? That's exactly what I think is going on. Okay. I think it's also possible that he did do maybe some research and find out what the motions were and practice them a little bit, but this is the first time that he's done it for her, so he's a little unsure. Yeah. So maybe he learned about it, but not to the point of proficiency. Perhaps. But the thing that keeps me from agreeing with you entirely is that it is so widely agreed on that she just made that up. I mean, even when we were listening to the crew commentary, they were like, oh, hey, aren't, isn't that the stuff that Joanne just made up? And they're like, oh, yeah, that yeah. looks exactly like it. <laughs> but it's slower. And you noted that he's like using the opposite hand yeah, that she does. Yeah, he's using the opposite hands. The whole thing is mirrored. Mm. Which I guess you could kind of interpret that as like she uses one hand and he uses the complementary hand because they, they work as one or something like that. They're two halves of one whole and... I think one of them is left-handed and one of them is right-handed. <laughs> That's very valid. Very valid. Um, but in movie-making world, one of the shots has been flipped. You think so? Yes, I think okay. so. I think originally they did it with their the same hand in the same direction. And then just aesthetically, they needed to flip one of the images. So they did. Mm-hmm. Which they do in movies all the time, right? Eh, maybe. I don't know enough about movie-making. Yeah, I'm trying to think of specific instances where they flipped an image... And I, nothing's coming to mind, but I'm on the spot, so who knows? Yeah, I didn't think about that ahead of time yeah. in order to, to Google it. But one thing I definitely noticed about this instance is that, once again, we missed the middle portion of it. When we saw Jesse the first time do it, she did the beginning, then we cut to Max, and then we cut back to Jesse. Well, this time we start with Max, we cut over to Jesse, and then we finish up with Max. We never get to see what could be the pivotal middle portion of this made-up hand signal thing. I'm not so sure there is a middle portion. Yeah. Considering that both shots skip the same portion, the middle, maybe there isn't a middle. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. It's just the amount of time they spend cut away from the person doing the hand motions, It just I just feel like there's more. Like I almost want there to be more just because. It, if this is something that Joanne just made up, that would make sense that they're okay with not showing all of it because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. She's not actually saying anything. Right. So it really doesn't matter either way because she's not saying anything real. Yeah. Or if she is, if it does happen to be a series of signs, it's not crazy about you. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah. But, you know, delving too deeply into things, it's, you know, it's implied in our mandate. Yes. <laughs> certainly. So. But he does the hand motions and that makes Jessie smile and she turns around and continues walking and then... 
Max goes back to the engine. And the expression on his face after he's done doing the hand motion, before he turns back to the car, I wouldn't necessarily say that's an expression of someone who is like, yeah, nailed it. It's more of a... Ah, uh, okay. I did the thing. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's a more serious expression. You know, he just kind of goes back to being just Max. Yeah. He's like, yep, okay. Back in the engine. Yep. But then we get to see Jesse continue walking and we finally meet Mae Swayze, who was mentioned... Uh... I think we've heard her by name twice. Mm -hmm. Last minute, this minute. So we finally get to meet her. Yeah. And she's a pretty awesome character. Yeah. This is actually the, technically the second time we've seen the actress because, as we mentioned before, yes. her hand was given to show Goose's burnt and emaciated state. But, no, we finally get to see Sheila Florence in all her glory. And she's sitting there in a rocking chair reading a book out underneath a tree with the dog. Now, is that Mac and Jesse's dog? Yep, that's the, the dog they the bought on the side of the road. Nameless hand finder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, May Swayze is, like I said, played by Sheila Florence, who was born 1916, died 1991. So, let's see, 1916. 87? That's She not... was 60 years old. Wait. Because the movie was filmed in 1976. Oh, at the time of the movie. I'm like, she was way more than 60. Yeah. That's not that bad. Yeah. So, yeah, at the time that the movie was filming... Okay, she was 60. She was 60 years old. Okay. So, Sheila Florence's top four on IMDb, and you always get a kick out of someone who doesn't have Mad Max as their number one. Her number one is Prisoner Cell Block H. She was on the show from 1979 to 1985. Over 400 episodes wow. she was in. She played a character named Lizzie Birdsworth. Wait, was Prisoner Cell Block H a soap opera, like a daily show um because she was on it for six years so you say 400 some odd episodes? 400 episodes that's more than once a week it was um it was all about a women's prison and i know we've we've mentioned prisoner cell block h yes, a lot but i didn't know it was about a women's prison yeah neither did i because i never thought to look it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well because so far all of the characters all of the actors that we've met have been men that mm -hmm. have worked in cell block h prisoner yeah. cell block h so I had no reason, it just never came up before. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, right? I assumed that it was a typical men's prison show. Mm -hmm. So her number one, obviously Prisoner Cell Block H. Her number two is Mad Max, where she plays May. Number three is the 1991 movie A Woman's Tale, where she played Martha. And number four is 1976's The Devil's Playground, where she played Mrs. Sullivan. Uh, Sheila Florence's other acting credits include uh, Division 4, Homicide, Matlock Police... But her first acting credit on IMDb is a 1959 episode of Emergency. Um, over the course of her career, she racked up 36 different acting credits for her name. Um, she was actually a key character on Prisoner of Cell Block 8. She was one of the main people on there and kind of was more of the comic relief. Interestingly enough about that show, Prisoner Cell Block H, someone has gone and uploaded, like, all of the episodes to YouTube. Oh! So you can sit down and watch a playlist of Prisoner Cell Block H episodes. I think that we should uh, review some of those episodes for our hiatus. Yeah, because I've been keeping meticulous notes of where people crop up based on their IMDb pages, and so we can go through and we can handpick episodes. Yes, that, that have the feature... actors that we're familiar with now. Exactly. Yeah, I like that idea. Exactly. Um, and then also on her list was the 1991 movie A Woman's Tale. Um, 
I copied the IMDb plot summary here to my notes. It says, uh, An uplifting and intimate look at the last days of an elderly cancer victim. The film is even more relevant as it was written specifically for the lead actress Sheila Florence, who was in fact dying of cancer as she created what is essentially a self-portrait. Oh, wow. Yeah. A Woman's Tale came out in 1991. She died in 1991. This is the last thing oh my that she did. And so I watched a trailer for it. The trailer doesn't give away too much. Um, but one thing the trailer does do is point out that the movie got four AFI award nominations. I think not either the nominations or it won. But yeah, it's, you know, a heavy drama, so to speak. Yes. So in the scene that we, we first see May, she's got both of her feet up on a box or a stool. And you can see that she's wearing leg braces of some kind, mm-hmm. which Sheila Florence doesn't wear. They are part of her character as May. Right. And that was a choice, I assume, by George Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The crew commentary mentioned that they tried to sneak in little, I think they referred to them as deformities, but, you know, little handicaps on each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like Benny back in MFP headquarters had that horrible stutter. You know, May has her leg braces on. Charlie had the... Yeah, Charlie had the the electrolarynx. I mean, just these little things slipped in from George Miller's time working as a doctor. And as they were talking about this on the crew commentary, they actually mentioned that these leg braces kind of caused a little bit of trouble for Sheila Florence at one point because as they were walking across a field... She stepped in a rabbit hole and it like broke her leg. Yeah, that's 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 serious. Yeah. <laughs> I find it interesting they did all these dangerous things and we mentioned time and time again how they weren't necessarily following r- the rules and regulations of safety on set. They were they were just making things happen. And for the most part, people were fine. Yeah. But then Sheila walking through a field just breaks her leg. Steps in a random hole and yep. ends up breaking her leg. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, it's the perils of, you know, movie making, I guess. It yeah. goes back to, you know, that horrible motorcycle crash that happened to uh, uh, to the head of the stunt department. Yes, and the original. <laughs> and the original actress who was meant to play Jesse. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, stuff happens, you need to adapt to it, I guess. But So May's sitting there, reading a book with her feet up, and as Jesse walks by, she calls out to her. She says, Jesse... If you meet Benno down there, don't let him trouble you. He's only a baby. And that's all she says. It's so cryptic. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, what sort of creature is Benno? Yeah, because with a name like Benno... Like, I thoroughly... It could be a dog. And to not tell Jesse, you know, that this is a human being... Yeah. <laughs> I think it does Jesse a bit of a disservice. Yeah, and you can kind of tell on Jesse's face, she kind of says... Thanks, May. Yeah. Or she's sure, a little, May. like, disconcerted. Yeah, because... I mean, maybe maybe Jesse knows who Benno is. Yeah. Maybe someone has mentioned Benno in a context to understand that he's a human being. Yeah. But in this context, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, be, he could be... Could be a cat, could be... Like, it's a farm. It could be, you know, a particularly free-range horse or a cow. Yeah. Or an aggressive sheep or something like that. Yeah. Benno could be anything just because it's only a name. Benno. And a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Going along with a warning. Yeah. So I think it would have been helpful. Well, 
Yes, it would have been helpful if we had known what sort of animal Mm -hmm. or human this person is. We learned that it's a human being, a grown man who is simple. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it's vague on purpose for us. Yeah. We know... We know about as much as Jesse knows, which is more than Max knows and more than May knows about what happened to her. Mm-hmm. So perhaps if May had known that Jesse has genuine reason to be worried, then maybe she wouldn't have been so vague. Yeah. Like, hey, Benno, who's just, who's a large, simple man, is over in the woods. Don't let him bother you. Yeah. You get the real sense, and we brought this up last time. That Max is definitely more familiar with this area than Jesse is. Yes. So it begs the question, you know, has Jesse ever met Benno before? And I think the answer is no. I think Max no. probably has experience around Benno. I don't think Benno. she has any idea that Benno is a person. Yeah. And that walking through the woods, if she hears somebody, she shouldn't be so worried. Mm-hmm. Like if she had just added a little bit of a qualifier, like my boy Benno or... yeah. You know, some sort of other descriptor, some sort of adjective yes. to describe him, just to give her, you know, a sense of peace of mind when she starts hearing twigs snap or bushes rustle yes. as she's walking through the woods. So we don't know who Benno is. So as we're walking through the woods, we think it's the gang too. Mm-hmm. So we're right there with Jesse, and it gets very tense, and we'll, of course, talk about that tomorrow. Oh, yeah. There are going to be some pretty tense minutes coming up. Um, also some pretty quiet minutes because when Jesse says, sure, May, and starts walking. Yeah. How long until there's any dialogue? So Friday is quiet. Monday's quiet. Tuesday's quiet. Wednesday's quiet. Oh dear. Well, I should say the first half of Wednesday is quiet. So. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have to bring to bear all of our best analyzing skills. Three and a half days without spoken dialogue. Okay. We can do it. A lot of my notes describe Jesse running. Okay. <laughs> so there's okay. that. We can do this. I gotta say, if we can handle Goose on his motorcycle, we can handle Jesse in the woods. Yep. <laughs> All right, is there anything else about this minute that we want to cover? Um, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. It's going to be another short one. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, tomorrow starts the long walk through the woods to the beach. The nice thing about tomorrow is that we are going to spend one day in the woods and get to the beach. It's not like we're going to spend multiple days walking out to the beach, multiple days at the beach, yes. multiple days walking if back to the beach. If I remember correctly, she gets out there just fine without much worry. Mm-hmm. So she at least gets to like enjoy her day. Yeah. And then, you know, it doesn't all go to pieces until the walk home. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So there's that to look forward to, I guess. Yes. In the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MadMaxMinute. And while you're there, we have a listeners page that you can join up on. So just search for Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone and you will find us. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 64. We will see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men, take me to the end of the dream. 